No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. The Bible tells us to be holy as God is holy. But what does that mean? For Israel, it meant being set apart in what they ate, how they gave, and even how they mourned for the dead. We hope you'll join us now as Pastor Daryl continues in Deuteronomy chapter 14 on Simply the Bible. The Bible tells us that God is holy, and we are to be holy as He is holy. But what does that mean? The word means to be set apart. Because Israel was God's holy people, they were set apart from the other nations of the world. This meant that they were distinctive in many areas of life. We pick it up in Deuteronomy chapter 14. You are the children of the Lord your God. You shall not cut yourselves nor shave the front of your head for the dead. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. And the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. Evidently, it was a common practice among pagan cultures to mutilate themselves as a sign of mourning. Later, the prophet Elijah would have a contest with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel. They would call on their god Baal and Elijah would call on the Lord. Whoever answered by fire was the true God. So they called on Baal from morning till noon. And when nothing happened, Elijah began to taunt them. So they cried aloud and cut themselves, as was their custom, with knives and lances until the blood gushed out on them. In the same way, the idolatrous nations would lacerate themselves until blood flowed as an expression of mourning for their dead. But God didn't want his people to follow these pagan practices. And why not? Verse 2 tells us, For you are a holy people to the Lord your God, and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. I consider this the key verse for the chapter. As God's holy and special people, they were to be different from the other nations. Likewise, as believers in Jesus Christ, according to 1 Peter 2.9, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and God's own special people. We also are to be different from the world. We don't sorrow as the ungodly sorrow. We suffer the loss of our loved ones, to be sure, but we have the hope of being reunited with all who have trusted in Jesus Christ. We also understand that as painful as bereavement is, we know that God is sovereign over life and death. As Job said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Finally, if we are in Christ, then we experience the God of all comfort who gives us comfort and peace through everything that we suffer, even through the pain of bereavement. Verse 3, You shall not eat any detestable thing. These are the animals which you may eat, the ox, the sheep, the goat, the deer, the gazelle, the roe deer, the wild goat, the mountain goat, the antelope, and the mountain sheep. And you may eat every animal with cloven hooves, having the hoof split into two parts, 
and that chews the cud among the animals. As we saw in the book of Leviticus, God gave many dietary laws to Israel. Once again, they were God's holy people and this applied to what they ate. They weren't to eat any detestable or unclean animal. Now, many people have attempted to figure out why God placed these dietary restrictions on his people. Was it for health reasons? An American doctor conducted a series of experiments to determine the level of toxicity in the meats of the animals, aquatic creatures, and birds mentioned in this chapter. He discovered that the various types of prohibited meats contained a higher percentage of toxic substances than those which were permitted. Yet God never says that the restrictions were for health reasons. Some people have proposed that the unclean, detestable creatures were often used in pagan religious rites. Swine, for example. Perhaps this is the reason they were forbidden. However, the best explanation seems to be that these dietary laws would maintain the Israelites' distinction wherever they went. It would keep them from assimilating into the cultures where they would ultimately be scattered. Verse 7. Nevertheless, of those that chew the cud or have cloven hooves, you shall not eat such as these, the camel, the hare, and the rock hyrax. For they chew the cud but do not have cloven hooves. They are unclean for you. Also the swine is unclean for you, because it has cloven hooves, yet does not chew the cud. You shall not eat their flesh nor touch their dead carcasses. Now, I will freely admit, I like my bacon and Hawaiian pizza, and I want to dance my wife around the kitchen when she makes her spaghetti sauce with Italian pork sausage, but I have never had a craving to eat a camel or a rock hyrax. In fact, I don't even know what a rock hyrax is. Under the New Covenant, we are not under these dietary restrictions. We read in Mark 7:19 that the Lord declared all foods to be clean. Therefore, avoiding gluten may prevent an allergic reaction, but it won't make you any more spiritual. Vegans are no more holy than meat eaters and vice versa, based upon their dietary choices. In Acts 10, God gave Peter a vision of a sheet being lowered from heaven containing all kinds of unclean foods. And Peter heard a voice saying, kill and eat. But Peter said, No way, Lord, for I have never eaten anything unclean. But the Lord said to Peter, What God has made clean, don't call common. Finally, Paul wrote to Timothy, saying, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So just make sure you say grace before your meal and ask God's blessing on it. Some people want to pick and choose certain parts of the Mosaic law and come under dietary restrictions. Not me. I love my freedom and my bacon cheeseburgers. Verse 9. These you may eat of all that are in the waters. You may eat all that have fins and scales. And whatever does not have fins and scales, you shall not eat. It is unclean for you. Lobster, shrimp, crab, clams, and oysters were on the unclean list. It could be that they aren't the healthiest of seafoods, 
but under the new covenant, it's not a sin to eat them. However, if your conscience bothers you, then don't eat them. Verse 11, all clean birds you may eat, but these you shall not eat. The eagle, the vulture, the buzzard, the red kite, the falcon, and the kite after their kinds. Every raven after its kind, the ostrich, the short-eared owl, the seagull, and the hawk after their kinds. The little owl, the screech owl, the white owl, the jackdaw, the carrion vulture, the fisher owl, the stork, the heron after its kind, and the hoopoe and the bat. There again, if you invite me over for dinner and don't have eagle, buzzard, or seagull on the menu, I won't be offended. As far as I'm concerned, any of that fowl is foul. Frank worked for the Department of Fish and Game and saw his neighbor, Joe, barbecuing some type of bird. So he asked him, what are you barbecuing, Joe? And Joe replied, it's California condor. Frank was appalled. You can't do that, he said. California condor is on the endangered species list. If you ever do that again, I will have to arrest you. And with that, Frank turned away and began to walk home. Then he turned around and said, by the way, I'm curious. What does it taste like? Joe thought for a moment. Uh, sort of like bald eagle. I know, I know. I have a foul sense of humor. Verse 19. Also, every creeping thing that flies is unclean for you. They shall not be eaten. You may eat all clean birds. You shall not eat anything that dies of itself. You may give it to the alien who is within your gates that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner for you are a holy people to the Lord your God. It could be that roadkill was potentially unsanitary sitting out in the sun, which was why it was forbidden. But if that was the case, then why would it be okay for them to sell it to a foreigner? It's more likely that the blood had not been properly drained out of it. And God had already told the Israelites that they weren't to eat any meat with the blood still in it. You shall not boil a young goat in its mother's milk. This is probably a pagan practice. We are not sure the reason for the prohibition. Perhaps God did not want something that provides life, that is, the mother's milk, to be the instrument of destroying life, boiling the kid in it. Modern Jews interpret this as being a prohibition against eating meat and cheese together. So there goes your cheeseburger. You shall truly tithe all the increase of your grain that the field produces year by year. And you shall eat before the Lord your God in the place where he chooses to make his name abide. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil of the firstborn of your herds and your flocks that you may learn to fear the Lord your God always. And so the tenth of their grain and their produce they needed to bring to the place that God would designate. Ultimately, that would be Jerusalem. And that belonged to the Levites. It was to support them in the work of the ministry. But also, when they brought it, they would eat a portion of it before the Lord. But if the journey is too long for you, so that you are not able to carry the tithe, or if the place where the Lord your God chooses to put his name is too far from you, when the Lord your God has blessed you, then you shall exchange it for money, take the money in your hand, and go to the place which the Lord your God chooses. And you shall spend that money for whatever your heart desires, for oxen or sheep or wine or similar drink, for whatever your heart desires, 
you shall eat there before the Lord your God, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. And so the thing of bringing the tithe to the Lord, eating before the Lord, would be a reminder that they received everything from God, and God wanted them to rejoice in him over all that they had received. You shall not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. At the end of every third year, you shall bring out the tithe of your produce of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the stranger and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates may come and eat and be satisfied that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hand, which you do. Now, God taught his people to be generous to him, to the Levites who ministered to the people, and to the stranger, orphans, and widows. And if the people kept the Lord's commandments, then it was assumed that they would prosper and would have plenty to share. But in their prosperity, they were not to close their eyes or their hearts to the needs of those around them. And just because they prospered didn't mean that everyone prospered. Jesus said, for you have the poor with you always. And as the Lord showed compassion for the poor, so should we. It is part of being God's holy people, distinctive from the world and representing him in it. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will consider the bondservant who willingly served his master for life. It's a picture of Jesus Christ and of us. We hope you'll join us as we continue through the book of of Deuteronomy on Simply the Bible.